Please note that today's shiur begins at the top of Lamed Dalid Omid Beis. Lamed Dalid Ma'af was part of our previous shiur. So at the top line of the Lamed Dalid Omid Beis, Omar Rova, Hoysol Lefonov Kikor Shel Hefker. There was a loaf of unowned bread in front of him. Rashi points out, and all the more so if it was his own. But for the time being, we'll talk about a loaf of Hefker, the Omar, and he said, Kikar zu Hektish. And he declared this loaf to be Hektish. Rashi points out that in order for him to be able to declare it Hektish, to sanctify it, he'd have to first pick it up. So that's what he did. He first picked it up and he sanctified it as Hektish. Not law. If he picked it up uh, and ate it, he is then considered guilty of mi'ilah, a prohibition that one violates when one receives personal benefit from something that he sanctified. And he'll have to compensate Hektish will compensate the base Hamikdash fund uh, in accordance with the entire value. And Rashi adds, the halacha says you have to pay the principal and add a fifth. Because what this person did by picking, by first declaring it Hektish, by first sanctifying and then eating it, he's uh, removed it from the realm of Hektish and made it into Chulin through his eating of it. So the result is he has to pay Lefikula in accordance with the entire value of the loaf. However, there's another situation. After he declared the loaf Hegdish, he then he picked it up uh, with the intention of bequeathing it, Lahorisha Lebonov, to in order to bequeath it to his sons. Mo'al lefi toivas hano He is then guilty of mi'ila, but not not with the necessity or the obligation of compensating hegdish to the for the full amount, but rather for the amount that we refer to as toivas hano. That is the amount that we assess is the is worth to a person for having the son unto whom he bequeathed it um, will say in debt to you, beholden to you for the for the fact that you chose him to receive this item. Uh, if we uh, look in the Rashi, uh, the fourth line from the top, Lo Moal, we skip the parenthesis section, Lo Moal, Elo Lefi the Ran, in explaining this Gemara, says that the Kikor Shel Hefker that Rava spoke about was a loaf that was unowned, but was lying within his four Amos, within that distance of the individual, and that enabled him to declare it, uh, he- uh, to declare it hektish, 
Meaning that since it's within his four amos, it's something that he can acquire, that he has jurisdiction over. And therefore his hectish dedication takes hold. And then when he picked it up for the purpose of eating it, that is an act of removing it from hektish. And that is considered me'ilah, and as we said, he has to pay hektish in accordance, in, according to the full value of the item. The other situation is he picked it up with the intention of bequeathing it unto one of his children. In that case, his act of picking it up doesn't actually remove it from the realm of hektish, that will take place when he gives it over to his uh, sons. But nevertheless, there is a mi'ilah that takes place in accordance with the toivas hanor value. As we explained before, that his son or sons will feel beholden to him, indebted to him for wanting to give this item to them. Full mi'ilah will take place only when the uh, sons then use it uh, for personal purpose, purposes. This you can see in the Ran, uh, where the lines begin to get very wide. <laughs> Since he picked it up <clears throat> with the intention of bequeathing it to his sons, <clears throat> Not with the intention that they should acquire it right now. Lo nafke It doesn't leave the realm of hegdish. It doesn't become chulin. Nevertheless, there is this level of mi'ilo, this level of, of hegdish violation, which demands his compensating hegdish in accordance with the toivas hanor value. From this point, of toiva, they the sons will feel indebted to their father. The sons will uh, be in violation of Mila when they actually, if it's uh, when, when they actually uh, use it for their own purposes. The reason that this discussion figures in over here because this is similar to the question that will be uh, presented by Rav Chia in the next in the upcoming piece of Gemara the, uh, as the Ran goes on to say Rav Chia Bar Ovenami Osar HaKikor just like here we have someone sanctifying the loaf and then taking it for his own eating purposes in Rav Chia's situation which we haven't seen yet he will see a person first uh, um, restricting a loaf and then giving it now the Gemara we continue fourth line from the top on the side we have a topic heading a person says that I declare my loaf prohibited to you. And then he gives the loaf to that person. What is the din? So the Gemara. That's an expression of a vow. He prohibits his, his loaf on his friend. And then he gives that loaf to his friend. What is the din? 
So the Gemara presents two sides of the question. Kikari Omar Lo, the vow stated, my loaf is usher to you. The implication is, possibly, that only when it's in the original owner's domain is it prohibited. Which leaves open the possibility of that once the owner gives it to his, his friend, it would be allowed. Or possibly, in his statement he said, Kikori Olecha. So the word Olecha is to be emphasized. Olecha Omalei. Iluyo Shavise Hektish. It is made Hektish upon him, upon the friend. It is considered sanctified with regard to the friend. So what uh, what are we to emphasize? The Kikari aspect, my loaf, or Olecha, also on, on, upon you. Omalei. So Rafa answers, Pshinta. It is obvious the Afal Gav Diavolei Bematona Oser. Even though he gives it to the friend, it remains Oser. Elo Kikori Alecha Lafuke Mai. Well, then the expression Kikori Alecha, what is excluded by that? Lafuke di Ganvo Mine Mignav. Now, in order to explain this, we must. Uh, learn the Ran. The translation of the Gemara itself is uh, rather daunting. The Ran that we're looking at is, you'll find about six lines from the end of the Ran commentary. Omar Lay, uh, Rova uh, responded that Pshita, the Afagabdi, even after he gives it to his friend as a gift, it remains Osir. If not, then the term Olecha is coming to exclude what? Uh, you read that with a tone of wonderment. It's clear that even though he gives the loaf to his friend, that loaf remains Usr. If not, for what purpose did he bother imposing a prohibition on it? And what difference does it make whether there's an isu or there's a prohibition on As long as the loaf is in the original owner's domain, there's no need for him to prohibit it on his friend. It's not his, it's not the friend's, it's, it's forbidden to his friend. It would prob- probably be an, an Easter of, of Gezel uh, on the friend's part if he were to take it, even without imposing a vow. And, and likewise, there is, the following is not to be said. Don't say that for this reason he imposed an Easter in the event that it would be stolen from the original owner, it will remain usher to the friend. People don't think about that. People don't plan out that I'm going to impose an Easter on the loaf. For in the event that it's stolen from me, that it's no longer in my domain, it should remain also to my friend. People, as we said, that doesn't even cross their minds. Rather, 
the imposition of the prohibition is for the following. So that the friend doesn't pressure the original owner to give it to him. And therefore, it's clear that the prohibition that was imposed on it was to cover the case, even if it were to be given to the friend as a gift. The original purpose of the vow was to uh, to foil that possibility because of the uh, the pressure that the friend was putting on him, and he didn't want that. So the uh, we turn back to the Gemara. Uh, the Gemara had said when a person says kikari uh, alecha, it's 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 obvious. Uh, that even after it would be given to the friend as a gift, it would remain usher. So the Gemara wants to know then, what case would not be included in this prohibition? And that's what the Gemara is driving at when it, it asks uh, the second line from the bottom, La Fuke Mai, what is being excluded? La Fuke di Gonfomine Mignab, is it coming to exclude that case? Certainly not. That doesn't cross people's minds. Omar lay low. So he answers rather, La Fuke di Azmine Ole. The the Ran continues, and we must learn the Ran together. Uh, the second line from the bottom, Omer Lei, Lafuke di Azmane Alei, Klomar, Lioilom Eimoloch, Dioiv Lebe Matono, Shario Lei. I will tell you that if the loaf is given as a gift, in fact, it will be Mutter. And the purpose then of saying Kikori Olecha, Lafuke di Azmene Allah, Titsar Lei, Tahi Shaito Nami Kikorohi. That is to exclude a case if the Madir had invited the Mudar before giving it to him as a gift. The bread remains in the possession of the original owner, that the, 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 the invited mudar would not be allowed to benefit from it. Up till now, we presented the Gemara in accordance with the Ran's commentary. If you look at the Rashi, though, you'll see a different approach. The Rashi says, toward the uh, end of the Rashi commentary, Lo, la fuke di asminole, le mechal, mehu kikor meikora. The vow of kikriolecha, as we saw in the Gemara, would prohibit the, uh, the, the loaf to the mudar even after it's given to him as a gift. However, if the madir had invited the Mudar originally, the Hodor Omalekikriolecha, and after inviting him, he pronounces this prohibition. In that case, since initially he had invited the Mudar, who wasn't yet a Mudar at that point, before the vow was made, he had invited him 
to partake of the loaf. At that point, he gains ownership in part of the loaf. How much? The amount. And from at that point, the original owner cannot prohibit the uh, friend from benefiting from that loaf. The lav kule denosenhu. It's no longer from the point that he originally invited his friend to eat from it. It's no longer entirely the original owner's. Elogam de Mezumon. It also is owned by the guest that was invited to partake of it. So that if the invitation to partake of the meal preceded the vow, according to Rashi, the vow will not take hold uh, with regard to the friend. The difference between the Rashi and the Ran in uh, explaining this Gemara is that according to Rashi, the expression of the Asmane is a reference to an invitation before the vow is taken. According to the Ran, the invitation referred to in the Gemara is an invitation after the vow had been taken. And hence, the two different uh, explanations follow, uh, follow suit. The Gemara continues at the top of Lamed Hayomid Aleph, Eisvei. We raise a challenge, a question. Omar lo hashileni poroso. You see a double underline that's used to highlight uh, two cases that are featured here. Uh, a person requests from his friend to borrow his cow. So he says, hashileni poroscha. Omar loi, the owner says, Kainim poro shani konui loch nechosayolecho im yesh li poro elo zu. The language here is not hundred percent clear on the translation level, so we look to the Ran, who explains at the top line, Hochi Garcino Kainim poro shani. He has a different girsi as Hano loch. He is declaring, I don't have any other cows. Uh, this cow, the only cow that he has, he doesn't want to loan. And it, uh, we'll see later in the source it, that it turns out that he actually does have others. What's the result? Uh, the uh, Rashi on... Uh, oh, I uh, must correct an error. What we read was the Rashi commentary. Uh, the Ran commentary, you could see on the top line, the last word on the first line, this cow should be usher to you. Or, 
he, he pronounces all his property to be forbidden to his friend if he has a cow other than this one. Uh, continuing in the source, Hashileni Kardumcha, uh, the uh, friend or neighbor comes and asks, can I borrow your kardom? Kardom is a, an axe. Omar Lo, and you see a similar expression, Koinim Kardom Li Shani Konui. Nechosai Olai Im Yesh Li Kardom Elo Zeh. In the similar vein, he says that uh, if I have any other Kardomim, uh, uh, then the then my all my properties should be forbidden. Venimso Shieshlo, and it turns out that he does have other ones, other cows or other Kardoms. Bechayov Oser. The the Ran says if it turns out that he has other uh, cows or cardoms then uh, in his lifetime there is a prohibition there is a vow so that if we understand the vow to say that if I have another cow or if I have another cardom then then all my properties shall be prohibited unto you. And then it turns out that he does have other cows or cardoms. The source says, of Osir, as long as the uh, original owner is alive, so the vow takes hold and there is prohibition. If, however, the original owner dies, or he gives, uh, a, he gives a cow, or he gives a cardom to the, to the neighbor as a gift. And the Havamina right now is, is that the Madir gives that item to the Mudar as a gift. Harezim Mutar. It is allowed. The receiver can enjoy, can benefit from the gift. So this is a direct uh, question on what Rava had ruled. Rava had said that in the event that someone uh, declares an item of his prohibited to his friend, and then it's given to that friend as a gift, Rava said it's obvious that it's prohibited to the friend. Here you have that same situation where uh, property was declared also to the friend, but once given to the friend as a gift, it's allowed. Omar Rav Acha Breda Rav Ika Shenitna Lui Al Yadei Acher What this source is describing is not that the Madir gave it directly to the Mudar, but rather the Madir, the original owner, gave the item to a third party, to an outsider. And in the course of time, that outsider gave it to the mudar. So it was, we could say in a, in using some modern terminology, it was laundered through the outsider. Omar Avashi, Nami, by careful reading, you can see that this is what happened. The katoni shenitna lo, velo katoni shenosna lo. Now, uh, the Mephorshim point out the Ran, he points out that there 
is no way to tell this by looking at the word of the source, but rather it's a function of the vowelization. And the they knew, uh, Ravashi knew, that the Tanaic source is to be vowelized, not like we originally thought, which would have implied that the original owner gave it directly to the Pro, pro, to the friend, the prohibited friend, but rather shenitno lo b'matana, which is a more indirect form, namely that it eventually was given to the mudar as a gift, but not directly from the original owner. So Rava's original psak stands that if someone had declared an item prohibited to their friend, and then the original owner gives that very item to the uh, friend as a gift, the friend cannot benefit from it. With that, we conclude our shiur for today.